Welcome to my podcast and I'm sitting here today outside the castle but in some shade. It's a beautiful day with Louis, Louis Quello, who is our butler and banqueting manager and actually a man for all seasons and many talents and a great lover of football. And I'm not exactly sure how long he's been with us but I think he'll be able to tell us. So welcome, Louis. So how long have you been at Highclere now? Well, it's coming now in September to 12 years. I didn't expect to stay so long, but <laughs> I think everybody that arrives to the castle tends to stay forever. I mean, I'm only one of the newbies compared to Pat Widows and a lot of our other members of staff, like Les Taylor and all the other ones. But it's just, it started as a job and then suddenly it's part of your life and you don't feel like it's a job anymore, it's your life and it doesn't feel like you're working anymore. And the castle is so big in the ground, so it's always something to do. So it's... Yes, I've seen you bicycling off in different directions or running or playing football or, or barbecuing after work or playing golf. <laughs> I do play golf sometimes on our lovely lawns, which I tend not to play when we open the public because I don't want to create big divots. But yes, I'm very privileged to, to go for a run or cycle, especially after a day of work. I tend to do a bit of sport. Even during lockdown, the weather was fantastic and we just did some sport. It was amazing. And I remember I remember when you first arrived and your enthusiasm has never waned. It's been extraordinary, Louis, and I'm so grateful. And I think Highclere either gets you or it or it doesn't. And, uh, absolutely right. And I mean, time. it started probably as a job the first mm. year or two years, but then it's like the castle belongs to me a little bit and I really mm. care about the castle. And if it's raining and it's a leak, I'll, it, I'll really hits in your heart. It's really part of you. I don't know, it's a feeling. It's just a lot of people feel like that about the castle. It's, and I've been here for 12 years and I still look at the castle, especially as it comes to the drive, and it still it hits you. And I'm sure it's the same for you. And then inside the castle when I'm as a butler and I'm serving you, and there's so much details in the castle and you always find something that you haven't seen it yet. And it's just so much detail. It's just, just a it's dream. It's extraordinary, isn't it? I remember because when you first joined us, Colin Edwards, who was butler, was here. And he was sort of passing on some of his knowledge and the ways of doing it and traditions to you. But I'm never quite sure how it works, Louis. You seem to be such a expert, such a traditionalist, such an expert with such an eye for detail today. And I, when I, you know, when you're setting the table, it's definitely your table and your dining room. <laughs> and I'm happy to go in and sit uh, I mean, there. It, it worked very well. I mean, I've been trained in hotels and catering and hospitality. That's why I trained. I trained three years and I learned from cooking to bartending to serving. Um, I was very lucky to start hotel leading of the world. So one of the top hundred hotels in the world. And that's where I got my base from. And then from there, I went to the Algarve, Quinta del Lago, which is the nicest area you could work for. Then I was in St. Albans, uh, where we used to have the English football players and Harry Potter. There were kids back then. So they were, they were filming in Watford. And then I came here, but it's just amazing. And Colin was beautiful. He was a, a lovely man. And uh, he told me a lot, and he told me a lot about the traditions and the family. Even knowing that I had knowledge about service, is knowing what the family likes, how they like to be served, and it's, it was fantastic. There have been some very funny moments. I'm pretty sure you were here when I always sit 
in the dining room facing the paintings. I don't know if you hear on that yeah, day. Yeah, and my husband facing the other way, the windows. It's, it's actually the reverse to Downton Abbey. And I sit where my mother-in-law sat and he sits where his father sat. And then one day I thought, well, Geordie, you must have a treat and you must have a look at what, look at the painting. So we'll swap over. But because everyone was so used to going round the table and always beginning to serve the lady who was sitting to my husband's right. But of course, he was sitting in a different place. So everybody went round the table several times until they found the lady. That's right, because um, around the dining room, we always walk clockwise. So we never uh, walk in the clockwise. So if you over, if you pass that person, you don't turn back. You keep going until... <laughs> I just thought it was it was just like completely caught hysterics. And actually, do you know what? My husband was dis discombobulated in a sense because he was not sitting where he was used to sitting. So he's clearly not bothered about looking at the paintings. He's lucky enough to have seen them and he shares them with people. So we went back to, to where we normally sat and it's I've never changed it actually because otherwise Keep it simple for us. <laughs> But another thing, sometimes we, we when we do butler service, which we do the plates first and then come with the food, sometimes we forget the plates. <laughs> so we look like, and then we can take the food back and then... Oh God, it's been it's, so funny. We do make mistakes, but we, we get really actually upset when we make something. I really don't mind. I think again, as I've gone on here, I, I really don't mind. I'm so happy and lucky to be able to welcome friends and, and we have such beautiful dinners and it's it's such an act actually it's it a is. stage yeah, I think say that for everybody it's bringing like, people together it brings us down to Downton Abbey the way we do the service it's just people don't think we still do it but we actually do we the butlers we dress up as much as, as the family and the guests and it's just we always bring the warm plates and Lord Canava always puts her hands and Lady Canava make sure they're warm and they's like <laughs> so we pass the test well, no, it's just that we can make a signal saying, I think you bought the wrong plates. But anyway, but I think it's also because in today's world, you're multitasking, you're not just serving us. That's from time to time and special occasions. And the other side of your life is, is much more about, of our lives, is about welcoming visitors and making sure they're happy and the showmanship of also welcoming them as guests, is making them feel happy, whether they're having a panini or a sandwich or a salad or one of your amazing cocktails at what's now called Louis Cocktail Bar. <laughs> You're absolutely right. I mean, it's much better if you treat anyone as a guest rather than just a customer. Mm. We're not a supermarket. We literally want to invite everybody and make them feel really special. Sometimes it's a once in a lifetime, depending where they're traveling from or all they are. And it means the world to them. So if you make them special and sometimes when they meet Lord and Lady Carnarvon, it really makes their day and meeting the dogs and everything. A lot of people follow Lady Carnarvon on a podcasts or Instagram and when they see them it just means the world to them and makes the day. Well, it, well I think when also when it's funny enough when they see you and some of the team Lewis is part of the characters I mean yeah. Paul our chef is more in the kitchens but he's very much also you know the heart of the team you and Paul working together and that relationship is it, very it, important. In the state I mean we both here for the same time he's, I think he's six months ahead of me and we it works and you usually get a friction, especially in hotels, the chef in the front of the house, they always get friction. But we are mates, we, we are friends and we... He also came here for a job and he has, you know, he thought he would work, stay here two or three years as part of his job and his CV. And now he says to me, Lady C, I know I came for a job, but I'm still here. I, you're not going to find me. I said, no, please never go. But it's, it has been amazing. And I think he and his family are very happy. And your daughter Isabella is so happy. And you've got one of my dogs. I've got everything. So I think I've got a great connection. It's just unbelievable, the life we're living. There's such special moments. It's a good life, actually. You live a good life here. I'm not being funny. It's just the work isn't bad at all. 
<laughs> it doesn't feel like work to be honest. You're talking to lovely people and we have a good laughter and we all get on to be honest. We've got a lovely team here. Of course, one of the most famous butlers in the world is the fictional one, Carson, Jim Carter, who is utterly charming in real life as well as on television. So what's your impression of Carson then, Lewis? Well, he's very, very good at acting, definitely. He's a bit taller than you. He's very tall, so that would mean they would get paid more than me. <laughs> uh, I believe back in those days, the taller you were, the more money you'd get paid. You got an extra two pounds. I saw that if you were more than five foot ten, you got 22 pounds a year. So that's why I'm, I'm in minimum wage still. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it, I think he's a great character. He played it very well, and his voice and everything, the way he walked, it was it was brilliant. Definitely employ him if I could. <laughs> Although he probably would be my boss. I'm not as serious as him. We do similar jobs actually when I'm looking after the family, but also I look after the businesses as well. So and the guests that come to the castle, and he would probably be a more powerful man back in those days. He would literally look after the whole house, and no one would say no to him. In the days of the equivalent days of Castle Heinkley, there was a head butler and an under butler. And actually, and in footmen. Victorian times, there was a house steward and then there were 14 footmen. But having said that, you're, you're running a team of some 20 or 30 today, aren't you? Absolutely. So it's a bit winter large, today. I mean. So it's different, different roles, but he was very much a businessman. It was the valet who had control of the finances, apparently. Okay. And. Um, the house, the butler was was really managing the logistics, so it's not that dissimilar. And then working, in his case, with Mrs. Hughes, who he also married, <laughs> whereas in some ways each of the departments here is slightly more separate, and you're probably working most closely with Paul the chef. And Sheena, who leads the housekeeping team, probably works more with myself or, or John Gunter, actually. But we still call ourselves departments. Sometimes there's only one person in there in today's world, which makes me, me laugh so well, much. Our team grows and shrinks as required. And it does. The way the world, the world moves and we're adapting to the new times, the new life. You, of course, have been here for all the Downton filming. You're perhaps not the first one up in the morning, but you're usually <laughs> the later one here at night. Definitely. I'm not a morning person, but definitely more evening and you're very right I mean I think you'd open up in the morning and very often I would lock up actually my well. husband opens up in the morning <laughs> I'm going to be honest and then we'd lock up but it was actually long days but we kind of end up getting to know them quite well as they film for so long and then after that they get three or four minutes of tape so you get to know the actors quite well and the crew as well and and then we've had some of the actors and the crew to stay actually haven't absolutely. we it's been wonderful and they actually is a great experience for them because they think it's only Downton Abbey but it's actually they get to see it's actually the tr true I mean that we still do like in Downton Abbey yeah. I mean, the, the service and everything so Michael Engler came in the middle of the film did you remember he took yeah. a weekend out and, and it was lovely he came and yes Michael Engler the director and came and stayed Bonneville and as well came and stayed quite there. a few and Leslie Nickel quite often comes yes this is fun I, I, there's and it's good to see them relax as well in the house and enjoying the, the life well it's private isn't it because we've been lucky enough to have some extraordinary VIPs here and I think overall nobody really knows anyone's here no. and it's moments of peace and serenity, tranquility, as well as humour and laughter, which I think is incredibly good. The other moment I remember so clearly was when Clemmie, the brown cocker spaniel, was giving birth and she began on the sofa in my study in the castle. Your daughter Isabella was there and we watched and she watched completely mesmerised as firstly little I, Evie came I mean, out. I think that moment actually me, um, really marked Isabella's life. She keeps still mentioning about yeah. that. It was so special for her. 
and um, I think that was about seven o'clock in the afternoon. Downton was here filming, and then in the Karen, Clemmy, and Thank Evie you, yes. up to your bedroom. <laughs> to my bedroom. My <laughs> husband actually chose another bedroom to sleep in. <laughs> and I think Ted then was born about four o'clock in the morning or so. He was. Sadly, one came out who, um, a little boy who sadly was born dead. And it's and funny because Clemmy just didn't have anything to do with him. And I put him in a shoebox and I felt very low. And little Evie And there was, was another one, Loggy, Loggy Bear. No, and the next one out was Ted. Oh, was it Ted? And it was, in, it was. It was in the middle of the night, and I could see your little boy's four white paws come out, and it and was dark. Big, and, nose, and, and it was so exciting and so lovely, and he was very well and fed very well. So that was four o'clock, and then my husband reappeared kindly with a cup of tea at about <laughs> seven o'clock, and I had obviously snoozed fitfully um, beside her during the night and we then went to the vet and the last one Logan was born Logan. who's got another happy he was as well happy. I think you've been up to give him some milk and all that it was, yes we it was a weak one him. small one and he's now grown turned up to be the strongest <laughs> yes. but it's it was such an amazing journey and was. Ted's become he has all your enthusiasm he's, he's definitely my son <laughs> <laughs> my life is now based around the dog Ted all my plans are what we're going to do with Ted, what we do with Ted is coming with us. Or my day off is marked around Ted. It's just, even my car choice is now a car that I can put a dog. <laughs> no more sports cars. How important the dog is for you. But he gives such love, doesn't he? He He's does. He's such just, a lovely person. It's like a human. He's treated as a human, to be fair. Well, Evie, his sister, who's around here somewhere, is equally well a human. And Evie comes on holiday to Cornwall with me. Yeah. And then she cuddles up on my knee and everything else and she gets She's lots of special attention so special. they are so lovely very very lucky actually so dogs have now unexpectedly perhaps become part of your life uh, they are it's i mean you never thought you could love a dog so much it's just but moving from animals the last uh, during the whole of lockdown um, geordie and i began these virtual cocktail parties which sadly you couldn't be part of to start with but so every other friday and they were quite something to organise, we began to get our, feel more confident and began to build them up. And then, of course, as we were being open to the public, you were wonderful and joined us on the last virtual cocktail party. And rather madly, we held it out by the temple. It was. <laughs> and we had some animals. <laughs> yes, we had some animals. And the thing was, it was just so lovely to have you there because I... Until we created the Highclere Castle gin and went from there into cocktails, which is really what it was about, I hadn't realised the depth of your skills as a mixologist. But tell me about the cocktail party out by the temple, because that was the funniest Well, thing that out. was... Well, I think we've done, what, five? You've done five altogether during lockdown? But it was amazing. Of course, I was nervous, as I'm here. I don't do TV or podcast very often no doubt my second podcast will be a lot better <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was amazing I mean we had horses we had dogs we started feeding Phoebe with raspberries and I wasn't sure can I feed her will she bite my hand Phoebe the, my Arab mare who also thinks she's a person not a horse and she stood outside the temple and I sort of said did you want to come in and honestly I, I swear to god I think she answered and said yes and up she stepped <laughs> My husband was slightly nervous because she's quite large, quite a large Arab mare. And she walked towards Louis and the fruit, which he had some blackberries and some raspberries. And Louis, not 
very just sweetly said, well, do you think she'll have a raspberry? Held her. And immediately she thought, delicious. <laughs> so, so she started having the raspberries. We'd luckily already had the cocktail, which yeah. had the raspberries in. And then she had a few more. And then she thought she'd find them herself and put her head in the bowl. And then after that, she swung, She just went to one side and she decided she'd have a taste of the oranges. Oh, yes. which <laughs> and then she turned around and was a table behind with some glasses. So we were very quickly moving everything around. When's live, anything can happen. So it's literally... We were so lucky and I, I could I could feel... I was slightly nervous because I thought we had been very lucky to get away with Phoebe in the middle of glass and bottles and I thought that was perhaps the time to exit and she yeah. she potted off so calmly back actually she was delightful but that was really I think a wonderful cocktail party to end on and perhaps we can have a few more both virtual and real as we move towards the autumn but I honestly so enjoyed learning from you the art of mixology the the balance of the gin and and of course here you are with that background part of our journey of Highclere Castle Gin. Absolutely, I mean, I don't think we could be any happier with the gin. Um, we definitely didn't rush it. It took us three to four years to, yeah. <laughs> to make the gin, but it is a wonderful product and the more people try, the, everybody's becoming a fan. And it's a very fast growing brand out there um, in top hotels and everywhere. It's gone out eight gold awards, medals. Uh, which probably on a new gin, no one other brand of won so many awards so quickly. Um, it's wonderful to work with cocktails. Um, the botanicals really stick out, the orange and the lavender. So when you're making a dry martini, which most of the cocktail is literally just gin, the orange really comes through. Um, and matching a Negroni, where we got the bitterness from the Campari, but the sweetness of the vermouth and the power uh, from the gin, it really makes a great Negroni. And on the last cocktails we did, the Brumble, which is uh, blackberries, which is almost in season because we had such a warm summer and uh, it's wonderful. And we did uh, Clover Club, which is your own raspberries. So, yes. and very easy cocktails. Literally we had the gin and then we had lemon juice and the sweetness of the raspberries or the Brumble. Sometimes if you haven't got enough sweetness on the fruits, then we add a bit of sugar syrup. But that's it, and it's very easy cocktails to make. Anyone can make them at home, and that's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to make complicated cocktails that then they can't replicate back at home. It's just, and there's so many cocktails out there now. It's just unbelievable, and um, the decorations as well. The garnish is playing such a part now, and Instagram and everything, and it's, they're just it's magicians out there now. They're making all these cocktails. Are really giving it a run for the money to the chefs, the fine dining, the the beautiful cocktails and. Do you know, interestingly, I, I mean, I, I hadn't, I suppose, become so familiar with vermouth mm -hmm. and I was making a mushroom risotto and yeah. then I actually, instead of white wine, added some vermouth. Mm -hmm. It was just delicious it to is. a mushroom risotto. It just, the herbs and the depth, it was not bitter, not sweet. No, no, it was, no, you it got a lot of flavour. It was yeah. amazing and um, I, I was, I then, I made it for my husband and it was... Um, Hannah Guttridge, who helps us on the PR, she was quite doubtful that it would work, but it was completely scrummy. So I have, I have really enjoyed. It, it, it's amazing experimenting with the yeah. food as well, yeah. because I think we could pair some Highclere Castle gin cocktails with some Absolutely. food. And I funny mean, enough, that one, a uh, uh, mushroom risotto using a little bit of vermouth, would would be a very good starter to pair with a little, I don't know, Negroni or whatever. Absolutely, so, I mean. It has, there's champagnes that you can match with food as well as cocktails mm. and depending what depth 
you want how stronger they are. Um, Negroni is usually more an aperitive, but also a digestive because after a nice meal, you have a Negroni, but you can definitely match cocktails with, with mm. food. And also you can use the gin into food. So you can uh, in smoke salmon or something. So you can definitely... Get it's it. delicious. I mean, it, it has... I have learnt so much on this journey and I'm at the end entirely happy with this beautiful bottle and the most delicious gin and a visitor walked by me and said goodbye to me as she was leaving she said she'd bought a bottle of Highclay Castle gin and she said thank you very much for your tip of serving it with trying different um, um, mixers and and trying the rosemary and the orange which she said she loved and she'd never thought of doing so so it's really interesting how yeah. you try with what you have. And exactly. Experiment. And also, I mean, the gin and tonic, not everybody likes the gin and tonic, but there's so many different tonics out there now. If you like something sweeter, try an old flower tonic, try whatever you like. Yeah. And then you got different flavors. And um, rather than just go for a different type of gin, where it's stick to the premium gin and then add different tonics and you really That's can attract everybody. And different garnish as well is amazing. Most of your palate actually comes from the nose, so the orange and the rosemary really comes through when you're smelling, and then it kind of tricks your brain. And uh, well, I, I love being <laughs> tricked. What's the cocktail which has the champagne in as well? That's a French seventy-five. That's a French seventy-five. Yes, that was definitely quite strong. <laughs> <laughs> it's very easy drinking as well. So. <laughs> it's very easy drinking. That's some of our mojitos. I remember <laughs> that one. Yes. But then, and aside from the gin, you know, we also planted a vineyard last year, which has been extraordinary. And Joseph Perrier family came over, and I never normally drink at lunchtime. <laughs> so, but we went to the local pub, we called the Pheasant in Highclere, to have lunch, which I thought was a French, suitably French thing to do. And of course, in their suitably French way, they started ordering champagne to drink. <laughs> and I think I had to ring Matthew to say, can you please you come and get me? Because I can't drive. That was an amazing story. I mean, for them so, to come over, they, oh, they sent our ch their chief winemaker, which never flew in before, yeah. to come on a flight, to fly here, to ch see our soils, to give us some advice. It was just um, unreal. And then... And it was a brilliant idea of my husband's because we the south-facing uh, old walled garden, which actually I found the Capability Brown plaque above the door saying 1771, um, is he had thought it was a good place to try a vineyard because what else do you do? We're not going to be a kitchen garden ever again. And we have supermarkets. So it, it's been a fantastic thing. And then last... Yeah, my husband wasn't sure whether we would or we wouldn't, but then I decided we would, so I ordered everything. <laughs> I, I think it was a, it was a, good a thing great idea do. and a great really thing good. to do. Um, the weather's only getting better. It is. Um, it's actually, in fact, getting a bit too warm in France, so they're investing a lot in the mm. UK. Uh, back then, 30 years ago, they would harvest in October, they're now doing it in September, so it's a sign that um, it's getting too warm. And the weather is perfect, it's getting better. We won, no. The Brit England won a lot of awards already against uh, Champagne, and um, we have a lovely walled garden which retains the temperature probably a couple of extra degrees. So I think we've got something very special. So coming. do I, and I'm going to start repairing the wall and remortaring it in sections, and 
I thought I'd plant up pears and absolutely and roses, roses. and everything like that. And I'd like to plant a rose at the end of each um, of line of, of vines, which is what they do in France. So, exactly. So it's always a sign it. if you see roses. The, the pests usually go to roses Rose before first. they go to. So the it's vines. a sign. But I thought it'd be lovely and a beautiful walk around, and again something else to share with. Absolutely, there were some the tours future. around and magic. People. It's a lovely setup. I think we'll have the best vineyard in the world. I'm not being biased. It's just, isn't it? It's I, just. I'm so excited, and it's. Um, and it's again, we're going to have to play done. then with a the blend. Um, we got Chardonnay, we got Pinot Noir, and then how much we're going to put of each and see what we're going to get. But it's just, that's going to so be fun. Exciting. Anyway, it's going to be called Chateau High Clear. Wow. <laughs> so we've probably got to have 3,000 bottles or so here. So we've got to be something very, very special uh, to start with. And then mm -hmm. again, depending on the weather, last year we had twice as much harvest uh, on grapes. Um, is that harvest the right way? Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> the right word compared to the previous year. So yeah. the more sun we have, yeah. the more wine we'll have. And well, I think this is the second year. Yeah. So the third year, we can pick a few yeah, exactly. grapes but then fourth and then year. go from there. But, but then we'll have to age as well, yes. and age in a barrel, and age in a bottle before. So we're talking probably six to eight years down the line. Before. Well, I think the fifth year we'll be drinking something. Uh, we'll see. Definitely have champagne grapes picking up in three years' time, yes. and then probably a couple of years before will be drinking. Yes, no, no, I was thinking that. Isn't it exciting? There's so many different avenues to follow here the, the whole time, so we see where we go with it. So perhaps on that note, Louis, I might just say thank you so, so much for joining me Thank today. you very much for inviting me. Thank you, Louis, so much. Thank you very much for having me. I hope you're enjoying my podcast as much as I'm enjoying making them. Do let your friends and family know about them. Subscribe. And if you're feeling generous, please leave a review. Thank you.